Well, not too long ago, I discovered that on the City of Calgary website, there's actually an interactive map where you can see every single tree that is owned by the City of Calgary. For every tree, you can see detailed information, including its value and the size of its trunk. And so, for example, there's a tree in my front yard that's worth over $13,000. Why? Well, besides making the neighborhood more beautiful, I can see on this website that it removes 300 grams of pollution from the air every year, and it stores 360 kilograms of carbon. And by looking out my front window, I can see that it has become a home for many birds and other small animals. And so having a healthy tree in our city, it actually benefits everyone. While we're on the topic of trees, uh, I have a memory of when I was a kid that my grandparents lived on a piece of property near Creston, BC. And this property featured a fairly large orchard. And I have fond memories of that place and of, of walking through those trees. But what I especially remember is that my family had a seemingly endless supply of fruit, even once we went home. In particular, canned cherries, peaches, and pears, they were always readily available. And so I think trees are pretty great. Now, having said that, just last week, we spent a few days visiting my great uncle Bob. He has several acres of land and many trees. But unfortunately, many of the branches on these trees were dying. They had become a nuisance getting in the way whenever he had to mow the lawn. And so we spent an afternoon removing the dead branches. Doing so took a fair bit of work. It resulted in some scrapes, cuts, and slivers. Now in the end, really, it wasn't too bad. But I do know that if the wrong tree gets damaged or dies, it can actually be a very dangerous situation especially if that tree is at risk of falling on a house or on some power lines. When I look out to my front yard at the trees out there, they're probably 40 or 50 feet tall. And I think someday if those trees die or for some other reason need to be removed, it's gonna be a really difficult task and will likely cost thousands of dollars. And so it's important for a tree to be strong and well-rooted both for its own sake and for the sake of those around it. So why all this talk about trees? Well, it's because today is the first of two Sundays that we're going to be talking about wisdom literature in the Psalms. And today we're going to look at Psalm 1. Now, Psalm 1 acts as a kind of introduction to the Psalms, and it is a poem or a song that's all about trees. Let's go ahead and read it together. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. 
Instead, they are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Psalm 1 is what we would categorize as a wisdom psalm. And one of the things that wisdom literature is all about is about answering the question, how can I live well? Sometimes the answer to this question are somewhat easier obvious. If a person is generous, happy, has a good relationship with those they love, then we might say that that person is living well. And on the other side, if someone makes a regular habit of lying, cheating, killing, or abusing others, we'd probably say they're not living well. But there are plenty of other times when it is less clear. What about the person that looks successful but feels brokenness or emptiness inside? And so to answer the questions that we have about what it means to live well, we turn to wisdom literature. And in Psalm 1, the introduction to wisdom in the Psalms comes along with the image of a tree. It's important to realize that this isn't the first time that the Bible has used the image of a tree to answer questions about wisdom. One of the very first stories in the Bible is the account of the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 2, God has just finished creating the world, and he places the man and the woman in the garden. This garden, it has many plants, but in particular, it is full of trees. They're fruit trees, pleasing to the eye and good for food. It's a magnificent orchard. And in the middle of this garden, there were two especially important trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The humans are then given a command from God, eat from all the trees, including the tree of life, but do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But of course, we know that eventually, after being tempted by the serpent, both the man and the woman do eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in doing so, they choose to trust their own wisdom about what is right and wrong, instead of trusting God's wisdom and obeying his command. And so the two trees in the center of the garden become symbols of a choice that every human must make every day. Whose wisdom do I trust? Who can tell me what it means to live well? Do I eat from the tree of life, trusting God's wisdom? Or do I do what is right in my own eyes, eating from the tree of my own knowledge of good and evil? And so Psalm chapter 1 reminds us of this choice by using another image of a tree. We can choose to delight in the law of the Lord and so to become a living thriving tree, or we can choose to listen to the counsel of the wicked. And like eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this way leads to ruin. The psalm tells us that the person who chooses this path is blown about in the wind and cannot stand in the judgment. They're like a tree without roots, 
And here's the thing. It is far too often that we do not choose the right tree. We can think of this in a big scale. We can look at the racism and hate that still exist in our world today. Or we can look on a more personal scale. I know that there are so many times that I make choices that benefit myself, even though they may harm those that I love the most. My spouse, my siblings, my friends. And unfortunately, this really isn't all too surprising. After all, when people sinned in the garden in Genesis 2, one of the consequences was that they were removed from the garden. They no longer had access to the fruit of the tree of life. And so we've all chosen the wrong tree, and we need direction. We need wisdom to choose the right tree. If we choose that right tree, we will be like a tree planted by streams of water. The consequences of our choice will be made evident in our lives. We'll bear fruit in season. Our leaves will not wither. In other words, we will be healthy and bear the good fruit of serving God and blessing those around us. We will be living well. And so Psalm 1 gives us some simple instructions to guide us to make the right choice. It tells us, delight in the instruction of the Lord, meditate on it day and night. And when the psalmist here refers to the instruction of the Lord, they are uh, they're thinking particularly of the first five books of the Bible. Uh, those which would often be known as the books of the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And these are words that we should meditate on and where we can find God's wisdom in his commands. But in addition, as an introduction to the Psalms, this Psalm also points us forward to the rest of the book. The Psalms also contain much of the wisdom and truth of the law, but in the more memorable forms of poetry and song. So if we're to meditate on the law of the Lord, the Psalms are going to be a really helpful tool. The whole of the Psalms, really the whole of Scripture, can in one sense be thought of as wisdom literature, that which helps us to be wise, to choose the right tree, because scripture contains the wisdom of God. And so Psalm 1 acts as an introduction to the Psalms, and it indicates for us that one of the themes that we're going to see in the Psalms is that of wisdom. And if you read through the Psalms, you will find several specific Psalms that we might categorize as wisdom Psalms. And they'll likely remind you of what you read in a wisdom book like Proverbs, for example. But the Psalms as a whole also show us a right way of living, a way of interacting with God that is part of living well. In particular, the Psalms teach us how to be honest with God in bringing our praise and laments before him. Now, up to this point, we've been talking about Psalm 1 as being the introduction to the Psalms. But it's actually important to notice that 
most scholars would actually say that Psalm 1 is not the entire introduction. We need chapter 2 as well. Now, we're not going to look at Psalm 2 in depth this morning, but we do need to understand that it is a psalm all about God's coming king. And so in many ways, it acts as an arrow or a prophecy pointing us towards Jesus. And when we look at Jesus, we recognize that he was faced with the same choice that all of us face. Do I do what is right in my own eyes? Or do I live in obedience to God, trusting that his wisdom is the wisdom that leads to the tree of life? Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. He faced the same choice that you and I face, and he chose obedience to God, the way of life, every time. The ultimate test of this came when Jesus was praying in a garden, surrounded by trees, and faced with the painful and horrifying reality that his obedience would lead to his death. Following the example of the Psalms, he poured out his laments to God. But in the end, he said to God, Not my will, but yours be done. And he chose to trust God by allowing himself to be put to death on a tree. And so even in his death, Jesus provides for us an example of what it means to choose the tree of life. And he has made available to us the fruit of that tree of life. And so do you want to be a healthy tree? Do you want to be someone who lives well, who blesses those around you? Do you want to overcome hate and a selfishness that hurts those around you? Well, Psalm 1, and yes, Psalm 2, point us to three tools that really form the roots for this kind of life. First, meditate on scripture. Second, use the Psalms as a tool to guide you in this meditation. And then third, look to the example of Jesus, the one who chose the way of the tree of life and makes its fruit available to all who will receive it. Would you pray with me? Our loving Heavenly Father, we are all too aware of the ways we fall short, of the ways that we choose our own knowledge of good and evil rather than trusting you, and it leads to hurt and pain and many other terrible things. And so, God, we ask for your wisdom. God, we know that, that too often we don't choose your wisdom, but we ask for your wisdom. We ask that you would reveal it to us as we meditate on your word, we ask that you would show it to us through the person of Jesus and that we would be able to understand it, to accept it, to live it. God, even this week, in the choices that we make, even in our own families, with our co-workers, others we interact with, 
God, give us your wisdom. Help us to make the choice to choose the tree of life, to choose your wisdom, not our own. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.